let's get down to business here. We got to defeat the Huns. So. <laughs> no, I'm not going to punch my computer. God dang it. So, <laughs> listeners, listeners. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on. First, guys, are we going to call them listeners or can we can we come up with a name for them? They're visitors. The oh, wait. Yes. No, the audience. Yeah. The Our audience. Are we just going to keep oh, calling yeah, them listeners? Yeah. The tight sisters. Like, we don't have a, we haven't like unlocked that perk yet of being able to come up with some gimmicky name for our listeners Ramblers. no no we gotta set a precedent we gotta start early we Ramblers gotta start early is, with well, this we gotta start early. I think, good Ramblers. but we're the ones rambling we're the yeah, ramblers I think we should call them, the ramblies no but they can ramble i think we should call them ramblers i think we should call them the ramblers the ramblies i no, I, ramblers i like it because then it makes them feel like they're a part of this which they are yeah ramblers is fine again i, I still ramblers. think that okay. it's a bit it's a bit uh full of ourselves to come up with a name at this point. Yeah, I think we should still say listeners and let the name come by themselves, you know? Well, well, yeah, the it should be we, we, we should yeah. allow the audience to self-identify. We shouldn't we shouldn't put them in a box. This if our is audience isn't big century. enough to choose a name themselves, then I think it's too early. <laughs> if you build it, they will come. All right. So we're not naming them yet. No, I disagree. I think All right, we should so name two them. things. We can put a pin in ramblers. I do like ramblers. Okay. Can we can we call them ramblers until they choose it for themselves? I'll, no, fine. I'll go. Ha ha. Okay. <laughs> so they will be called ramblers. First thing accomplished. Second thing that is yet to be accomplished is eventually I'll read an ad. But I got one thing tonight, so we're good. All right. With that out of the way, my fellow ramblers, tonight is a very special episode of Rocket League and Ramble, and we're so glad that you're listening to this. And, and being a part of our community, we do appreciate you all. It is my honor, my duty, and my pleasure to introduce the first ever visitor on Rocket League and Ramble. Friend of the show, longtime friend of the show, friend of the Type 5, Jessica Dimitro. Woo! Woo! It's Jessica! I wasn't nervous until you just did that, John. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I was rehearsing that for like a week. Gosh, dang it. (laughs) So, Jess, why are you on the show tonight? I'm here to talk about, right now, specifically, uh, my DMA 216. And um, I want to title it, Let's Talk Data. Spicy, right? Okay. Let's Let's Talk talk Data. data. All right. All right. Let's talk data. Let's fucking talk some data. Pretty much, I want to talk about that users are not well informed about how their data is collected and sold. And the thing is, is um, this is supposed to be an opinion paper. And my opinion on this is that the user should be allowed to choose if they want their data to be collected. And they should be able to have a choice to who their data is sold to. So you're saying users should have a say in who gets their data. Pretty much. And even if you're allowed to choose your data. Because, fun fact, a lot of, a lot of companies do allow the choice to remove your data and like remove them from like collecting your data. However, it's always after you sign up. It's never on the sign up page, like almost never. And like with the, with the two kind of companies that I researched specifically Spotify and Google, they're terrible at that. You have to go through so many different like paths to actually get to a place where you can say first erase my data or second opt out of it. Really? Yeah, it's and every single time you log in and like I, I this is I actually logged in to not logged in, but I actually signed up for Spotify and on Spotify on the very bottom, they have these tiny little 
words, these these tiny and minuscule words to say to learn more about Spotify, how Spotify collects, uses, shares, and protects your personal data. Please read Spotify's privacy policy. And then they have the little little green thing on the side for you to go there. No one looks at that really. Like, what's have you guys ever actually read through the private policy? No, never. Well, um, if you're curious, fun fun fact about Spotify, and um, again, I looked, this is from their um, page, there's a few types of uh, data they collect. And, um, well, there's the personal data collected when you sign up for Spotify service. And what they do is when you first sign up, they contain, they collect your personal data that, um, that you um, register with. And then it kind of goes further. So once they collect, like once you sign up, they start collecting all your personal data that you use in a way when you're using them. So what playlists you're listening to and specifically what songs you're listening to. And to go even further, I found a few articles and specifically the article that I found. This is by, uh, I really, I feel bad for butchering this uh, person's name, but Arwa Medhadawi, and um, it's from The Guardian and um, The Guardian News, and it's titled Spotify Can Tell If You're Sad, and Here's Why That Should Scare You. And what the article explains is how Spotify can collect the data and use it to understand your emotional state, and then they sell that. They sell your emotional state. And I just think that's crazy. So like they say, they say like, "Hey, this user is sad right now, so we should market depressed." Pretty much, objects. they can like tell. Like they're like, "Okay, this is they're happier right now. They're sadder right now." We can actually sell that kind of thing because you you can tell that by music. There's a lot of people that you can really easily notice that about, and they'll listen to these sad songs or breakup songs or specifically happy songs. Ooh, and there's the different playlists, right? Spotify has different playlists, like the playlists well, so- for. Spotify initially collects your data on like what you're listening to so that they can do that uh what's it called the they make playlists for you like your yeah. weekly or monthly I think yeah. your daily mix that's what's called it's called a daily mix and so like it makes sense that they need that data um so I guess your issue then is that they take that data and give it to other companies yes yeah? yes mm-hmm. well so what's interesting is we actually talked about data rights and who owns it on a previous episode a little bit. And I think Max and Phil in particular were pretty like strongly in the camp that your the data that you give them is basically your payment for using their app. Mm-hmm. And that like it's not your like it's your data, but like it's it's also their data. Interesting. So I wonder what you think about that. Yeah. I thought I think Jesse sort of made that point too, where Jesse and I seemed pretty apathetic about, you know, data collection. Yeah. And stuff yeah. like that. But so, like, Jess, do you do you feel that it's, like, your specific data and that you should be allowed to control where it goes? See, I don't really care about the money aspect. Like, good for them that they get money from no, it. No, just for, like, privacy no, Yeah, but for privacy, even then, I don't fully care. Because, honestly, I do think it's really nice that they get to... Um, that you that you get more things that are catered to you in that sense. And that's just like a big positive about it. The fact that okay. there is a lot of catering. But the thing that messes with me is the fact that it's such intimate data that they take from you. And you very rarely realize that it's being taken from you. A lot of people don't mm. know that. So it's more that you're just, it's just they're just not transparent about what they're doing with it. You don't mind that they're using the data. It's just a lot of people, a lot of times it's not transparent. And it's just sort of, hidden in a bunch of policy things Mm -hmm. 
And the thing is, you don't realize how much more data they collect from you guys, because not only it's the data that you sign up with, so that the, everything that you signed up with, your age, your date, your password, your username, anything like that, that's connected to everything else. They're, it all comes in a, like a little pretty package with a bow on top of it. And then on top of that, there's a lot of unknown things like they collect your um their your ip address they can collect that and put that into the package so they know exactly in the world where you are and they can collect like they can collect so many of these different things because not everyone not everyone has a vpn but they, they they collect all of these different things and then they put it in a package they don't separate it and they and, just sell that package to whoever is willing to buy yeah so then i guess like your two issues with this it sounds like are that you want more transparency in what they're collecting and you want to have a say in where it's going, yeah? Yeah, pretty much. And I, I also think it'd be useful if they said it from right off the bat. Like when you're signing up, mm -hmm. yeah. you yeah. can have a button to say, I want to know more about it. Or, hey, don't collect my things, but then, okay, I'll pay the extra 20 bucks that you would have gotten off of me. Because fun fact, Google yeah. gets so about 20 Max, bucks off of you. But mm -hmm. Max, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on that, on those two like asterisks on data collection yeah again my only thought is like i don't really care that much you know i understand the need for transparency but like legally you know all they have to do is put a privacy policy in and i get that yeah it'd be better if you know you could opt out up front it'd also be better if every time i signed up for a site i could opt out of their subscription emails up front but like <laughs> i don't know i just do it later and it's inconvenient but like whatever i'm not what i you know i think there was there was a like with speaking with the opt out there was recently on twitter i think there was like a pop up that came up and says like hey do we do would you be okay with us using data to give you more personalized but that's ads. because there's been like yeah lots of lawsuits against it that's why really? this is happening because there has been this like they didn't say it before like i understand there's a bunch of steps to get there but why why take those steps this is still your privacy because that's the whole complication with the internet because like, if you go into a store and buy something from them they're not gonna like track who you are right like they're not going to do that then mm -hmm. why is it when you're in public places people don't track you well Okay, here's a counterexample then, Jess. Mm -hmm. If you go, like, it's the stereotype of, like, the regular customer at a diner, mm -hmm. right? And he orders the same thing every time he goes, right? And so eventually the wait staff and the, and the cooks get to know this guy, this customer, and, like, he doesn't even have to order anymore. Like, I, the, the famous example I can think of is uh, Charles Barkley in college would order, like, two pepperoni pizzas from the local pizza place, and... It got to, he did this like every night and it got to a point where he wouldn't have to order. He would just pick up, like he would call and they'd pick up and he would say, this is Charles. And that was the entire conversation. And they would send two pepperoni pizzas to his house. <laughs> so like, that's a non-internet form of like a business collecting your data. Yeah. Are these pizza places then selling it to their next door neighbors? Are these pizza places then selling it to a different place? Is the pizza places now selling it to the Walling Galleria? Like, now, like, <laughs> it's that extra step that I think just messes with me. And like I said, honestly, like, I don't think you can, like, I don't really care. Part of this is a project. <laughs> um, and I just have to make a stance on it. It's still, like, it just, it's just kind of weird how much they take from you. And the reason why they can is because for the longest time, there was no laws. The reason why people don't do that in real life and stuff like that, because we've had more than enough time to kind of, shape our laws in real life right we've had a lot of time to do that but we haven't on the internet 
these all of these laws have been only in fat in, intact for like 10 years if that so it's that it's not well regulated yet it's really not at all and, and that's um, something good sorry go for it no i think that's just something good about like the internet in general like you know it is such an historically new occurrence and we have for the past however many years been really building this plane as we fly it in terms of what happens on the internet and what are the regulations and it's it's encouraging for me to hear like the Twitter example that they're starting to kind of put checks and balances on these systems to have those privacy limits in place so or at least the transparency. Should, I you know I I definitely fall towards what Max is saying about just like I'm not worried about the government using my data. I also know that that is a privilege and that there are other parts of the world where the government is out for malicious reasons. I just happen to really believe and trust in the United States government like a lot. And I think that there's good evidence behind that and companies too. I just, I just don't think that there's like malicious, like if people use my data to sell me stuff that I'll probably want to buy more than other stuff, like I'm okay with that, (laughs) you know? But I, I do like this idea in general about the internet that we, it is such a historically new occurrence that it's good that it's not just like exponentially taking our way our privacy. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like the curve is flattening out and people are starting to see this and projects like this are happening. So I think it's a, it's an important conversation. So it's good that lines are being drawn. Definitely. Definitely. I'm not okay. too worried about it. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't have a very apocalyptic sense of all that the government knows about me or companies know about me because of my internet use. But I think it's a good, a step in the right direction that it's not just like exponentially increasing that we're finding these and putting checks on it now. At the end of the day, I still don't like that they're not as open about it. Like, I wish they allowed us to at least see where our data is going, because we have no clue who it's going to, right? We don't know if it's going to a different country. We don't know if it's just going to a different website. We don't know where that's going to. Mm-hmm. And it, it would be nice to see a little bit more where to who they're selling, right? Because they don't have to say that. And like I said, even though Max is on the complete other side of this, I wish they had an option in the beginning to say, hey, I would like to turn off my privacy settings. To be clear, it's not like I'm pro-corporation where I think that they shouldn't have to disclose it. It's just that I don't really mind. I don't think it's a priority to regulate that over other internet regulations, like, for example, net neutrality, which I think is a much bigger deal in terms of internet regulation than, like, yeah. you know, data disclosure. Yeah, and that's just where your priorities lie. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think you made a really good point about the emotional status. Yeah. Like, if there was somehow someone who had, like, malicious intent. Because mm-hmm. those are the two things that comfort me in terms mm-hmm. of security and privacy is that A, I don't think people have malicious intent. And B, even if they did, I don't know what they would do with the information they found, you know, I'm pretty yeah. much an open yeah. book. I'm not doing anything illegal or like sketchy, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, but I think that security is complicated if they know my emotional state, cause that's something that someone with malicious intent could use yeah, against me. Yeah. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So that's and that's something I just learned here. So I appreciate that, Jess. That's really neat. Oh my goodness, <laughs> my cat is trying to jump on me, but it's going to make a lot of noise. Another visitor. <laughs> Three, wow. two for one. Two for one. Can I, Jess, tell us about your cat. 
He's orange and he's 15 pounds and I love him. Oh, he was damn. in a he was in a box 2 days ago and it was amazing. F- 15 pounds is a large cat, right? Yes, he is a very big boy. I can confirm that Rijik was in a box 2 days ago. He he so Rijik seems like a normal size boy. Rijik is also the name No, he is not a normal size boy. He's very much not a normal size boy. Okay. I don't know cats then. Also Rijik is name Rijik is ginger in Russian pretty much or like redhead in Russian so <laughs> very very original we are <laughs> I'm Russian isn't that so cool one thing though I don't know how to really bind this into this project at all but I do have to add a copyright part and I asked it in the beginning but it has to be with this project and I honestly have no clue how to like intertwine this with this topic but I really wanted to do this topic but I like I asked before um, I have to talk about copyright and music specifically is what I'm going to do and I have to show some music and then say oh I'm using it correctly and my guess was uh, I'm just going to ask Max and say can I use your mm-hmm. music for my class and he already yeah, said yes but hey yeah. yeah there we go and there we go we have copyright free music boom <laughs> so yeah copyright free for you not for anyone else that's true you're but the that's... one that asked for permission I know but yeah. that, but but that's the thing that I that, that I had to kind of show that if anybody else uses it, it won't. But because I'm asking for permission, therefore I can use it and I won't get, well, sued by Max. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good thing you asked because... Uh... <laughs> I know. I'm prepared for it. I was wondering with copyright, is it like a thing of like, like you you basically can keep using it until the person that made it says cut it out, right? So in theory, like you could have like used the song until Max said, hey, no. Right. Well, you know, no, like, like, like no. yeah. No, like, is it is it a thing like where like if you don't like tell, imagine no. you don't tell Max anything. Phil, Phil, that that music. argument that, no. that point is is uh, it's only illegal if you get caught. It's yeah, I know. It's like you can right. steal until a police officer says, "Hey, stop that." Yeah, right. Like that's that's what you're saying. Yeah, but yeah. are there consequences though for copywriting yes. something? Yes. Yes. For? Yes. There are. Oh my goodness. There's like if yes. Phil used Max's music a lot without asking for his permission, or if his music wasn't royalty free, so specifically made to be copyright free, so like they can't sue you for using it, and yeah. you have it down. Max can just go to law and say, "Hey, I never approved of this ever. He, like, I'm going to sue him because this is my music and it's my my things." And so you can file for copyright infringement and then there's yeah. one more type of copyright copyright infringement is like literally using it and oh fun fact there's this whole thing going on right now with ed sheeran and ed townstead about ed sheeran's music um thinking out loud they have like the exact same like rift in there it's kind of really interesting to hear the two but there's like a whole thing going on about it so yes oh it, yeah it's yeah, a big thing I, i've heard about this it is it is a stupid lawsuit in that like the riff in question is not it does not take a creative genius. It's one of those things that, like, you can't really copyright. You can't really... It's like trying to yeah. copyright the blues, you know what I mean? And being like, oh, you made a blues song, so... <laughs> you know. But in theory, in theory, some nobody could use Max's music, and none of us would know, right? Until well, yeah. it was brought and up, and then, like, they... Well, yeah. if, if they never got caught, they wouldn't suffer the consequences. Well, that's how crimes well, yeah, work. That's you don't just, get yeah, caught, that's how, you don't yeah, get punished I can murder them. someone until I get caught. Yeah, you're right, Phil. Good job. <laughs> All right, so you're maybe. saying I could like embezzle money, and then as long as I don't get caught, I would get to keep that money legally. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Listen, exactly. When you put it that way, it doesn't sound as smart. Shut up, <laughs> Phil. That's Max's job. It's to make you sound less smart. Uh. 
So this one's gonna be a little more sciencey and like for hell some yeah. Folks, oh, I hate be science. Like, Shut porn. the fuck up, math. <laughs> what? And um, who's a math guy? Yeah, yeah. Did you say shut up, math? No, yeah. Yes. Yeah. the shut up. He's the math guy. <laughs> All right. No one needs you right now. We're doing science, and it's biology, so there's no math involved. All, All right. right. So I mean, actually, there could be math involved. With this. I anyway. have been deceived. Ha, roasted. <laughs> Bio three seventy eight wetlands. All right. So, question: Do you guys know? What makes a wetland a wetland? I don't know. A land and it has water there. on it. Shrek has Wet, to live there. Wetland. <laughs> it's a swamp, guys. It's wetland. Well, technically, where I live is a wetland area, but like yes, the the, the but ground isn't isn't wet. Exactly. It doesn't necessarily mean it has to be wet, and that's just like a little tidbit, just so you guys know. There's different things. There's cult. There's bogs, fens, swamps, and marshes that are fairly similar. Um, then there's freshwater marshes and then saltwater marshes. And they all are a little different. And the biggest difference between them is their hydrology. So how much, what kind of water there is. And you're right. Some of them are freestanding water. So that's like a swamp, as you would think. That's totally 100% a wetland, right? Mm-hmm. However, then there's the ones that are not always there, right? They only come during the strong waters and during the high waters and stuff like that when there's a lot of rain but then how do you know that's a wetland instead of just a plate like a puddle um and that what comes into the soil hydrologies and soils and the soil can actually have be really wet right sometimes like you walk on a place and it's just like oh gosh why is it so wet that's actually technically a wetland especially if it's there Hmm. for a long period of time and um and some of these ones, the ones that are there for long periods of time and are fairly acidic because they're full of rainwater, they will have a type of soil called peat. And this peat is pretty much just organic carbon, car- like organic stuff. It's just dead plants that never decomposed because it's too acidic for them. Is peat exclusive to a wetland or is peat like a result of a wetland? Because um, like in Scotland, in Scotland, some of the water was like brown because of all the peat that like went into the water but i don't know if i don't know if that means there are parts of scotland that are wetlands it's a result of a lot of rain and the because mm. there's a lot of rain in a way that would be a wetland the, the united kingdom is notorious for wetlands oh okay cool mm-hmm. and then there's swamps and freshwater marshes and saltwater marshes and these don't have as much peat they have decomposed soil and it's it's closer to normal soil um that has more decomposition so that's important for like future like for, for the talk of where we're going so there's a lot more decomposition because like you in freshwater like in salt marshes right like if you think of saltwater or freshwater marshes um i guess to bring it closer to uh have you, have you ever guys been to canal side and there's the on the side there's this whole like kind of park area so it's not canal side but it's to the side it's like the outer harbor yeah that's a wetland and because there's so much movement and so much air and this isn't isn't as acidic because all that water that's in there is coming from lake erie and um, lake erie is consistently going in and out depending on the water flows but you wouldn't say that lake erie is necessarily acidic but it it won't be as acidic as a little like a like an area that's um isolated and only gets really rainwater into it Gotcha. So, so more acidic equals more isolated in general. There's a lot more um, respiration that goes on 
within the plants and the bacteria that's found in these wetlands and therefore it's able to decompose and come through. So that's just like a few little things about these. And so I have a question. Do you think um, wetlands, like wetlands, are they good or bad like to fight climate change? Like it, first instinct. I would good. assume good. First instinct, good. Yeah, if, good. There's, if there's lots of plants, I'd say yeah. I'm, it, I'm it going with helpful. CO2. Yeah, I'm going with they're, they're helpful to fight climate change. Well, it's difficult to say. I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry, I'm it sorry. Depends. It's, it's... That is twice you have deceived me tonight. <laughs> you keep this up, you're not coming back on the show. Part of part of the reason for that is, one, to talk about the fact that there's a few cycles that go on in wetlands, and there's a, there's a thing called the carbon cycle. And what happens is the carbon in the air comes in, and then it goes into the plants. The plants die, they decompose, the bacteria eat them up, and in a way, that's really helpful. Like, thinking about it in that one-way stream, they're phenomenal. They're actually some of the most productive ecosystems in the world. Like, the tropical rainforests, rainforest, they're insane. They're really, really productive. They take a lot of carbon dioxide in, and that's true. However, the complexity that comes into this is, well, what happens if there's too much acid rain? What happens if there's, well farming nearby and there's too much nitri um, nitrogen that comes in and that really affects the cycles of things and ends up actually le leading a lot of bad things into the air because carbon dioxide is like like let's pretend let's pretend carbon dioxide is like the, the center of greenhouse gases right like we're comparing everything else to them well mm -hmm. methane is 24 times more <laughs> more yeah. uh bad for us in a way okay. it's, it's really it's, it's, Yes, it, for one molecule of methane, it'd be like if twenty-four molecules of carbon dioxide. It, Damn. It's, yes, and so then we're farting um, too much. And then um, N two O, uh, it's two hundred and fifty-six times worse. Really? Yes. That I did not know. Yes. What is N two O? Dinitrogen monoxide. Yes. And so I, I want to talk about both, and it's very difficult to get this in 10 minutes. And the thing is, I want to talk more about nitrogen, the, the nitrate, because that's kind of crazy. But just like a little thing, in um, bogs, which have a lot of peats, um, the thing is, they will go in, things will be kind of fine. However, since there's a lot of, um, there's not a lot of kind of carbon dioxide going through and, and not a lot of oxygen going through, there's a lot of fermentation going um, sometimes. And fermentation can lead to, um, some of these types of respirations can lead to methane being created mm. but sometimes so it's actually a loss yes but a, sometimes sometimes things are okay because if the methane goes out in a specific way just by oozing out then there's going to be these methanotrophs that can take it up and eat it and it's, it's they're similar to they, they'd be with like algae and stuff like that and then we're good okay. right however like i said if there's manipulation from people that can lead there to be worse off right if there's more buildup because of other things then it makes things more difficult um then we have fens and the thing is they're pretty good right they they take things in and th because there's a lot of anaerobic um anaerobic yes anaerobic uh respiration going through there are different types of uh electron acceptors that different bacteria can take because some of them are better for them like less energy to take than others and if there's enough of iron and um, magne magnes, I think, amen, then it will take that electron and... Manganese. Manganese. It will, take, it will take the 
carbon dioxide and it'll take manganese and it'll use those electrons and then we're good, right? There's, there's great things. However, if everything is used up, then it will actually end up coming out as methane. And so it's really complicated in that sense, but generally speaking, it's pretty good, right? It's, it's fairly okay. And like I said, if there isn't too much manipulation from humans, we're good. Then we have swamps. Swamps are very productive. They take in a whole bunch of carbon dioxide. Like, it's crazy. However, we're pretty good. We're pretty good for now. There, the, there isn't that much methane. Like, it's, they have some methane, but like I said, it's depending on how kind of people manipulate stuff, but we're okay, right? Then we have the coastal marshes and the salt marshes, and they're honestly phenomenal because what happens with them is they have a lot of sulfur in there, right? Because like specifically um, the salt marshes, they have a lot of sulfur in there and sulfates, which means that they'll take the carbon and just work with work their magic, the bacteria, and then make um, things more acidic, I think H H2S, but that's the thing. There's and there's very low methane production. And um, back to coastal marshes for a second. They they do have um, CH four um, that that can run out because they have a lot of stemmy plants. Because uh, first for uh, methane to kind of leave the earth, another way for them to get through is through the stems. And they're not the best, but they're still fairly okay. They take a lot of stuff in, so like you can't really be mad at them. But the thing that I think that's most important to talk about is this human kind of manipulation. And what happens is if the earth is a little bit warmer, right, the earth is a little bit warmer than these previous bogs that were phenomenal, right? Because they don't really take out that much methane. Like they were really great when we were first looking at, but because they're fairly cold, right? They're found in Scotland. They're found in these cold areas, but because places are getting warmer, there's less, there's less of that fermentation. There's less of that um, the, the things that they did. And now there's more methane being produced by a lot, actually. And now we're bringing in this whole idea of uh, farming, right? There's farms near swamps. There's farms near fens. There's, there's definitely a lot of farms near marshes. People put nitrate into those farms because it's it grows. It they, they grow so well. It's good for fertilizer. It's, yeah. It is. It yeah. is fertilizer. It is fertilizer. Yeah. yeah, nitrates. But there's a lot of runoff. And I think we've heard about this before. There's so much runoff. And that runoff will go into the ground. And at first you think it's nothing because like it's not going to go anywhere. But you really don't realize that there's this whole water passage underneath the ground that will move the water from there and then it will go to these wetlands, literally the water that these wetlands are getting this water. And there will be so much excess nitrate in there. And then the well, nitrate is a great an alternative electron acceptor. It's one of the best. It's top. It's number two, actually, underneath glucose. Glucose is number one. Number two is nitrate. So people, they're going to be like, yo, we can do glucose, but let's do nitrate as well. Because like, yo, this is great. And so they'll start producing N2O. And remember what I said? That's 256 times worse. Fun fact. Remember how I said salt marshes are phenomenal, right? Because of the sulfur and the sulfate. Nitrate is actually way better than sulfate. So they're really? going to be opting for the nitrate than the sulfate. And so I guess the moral of the story is wetlands are phenomenal for climate change. Like, but okay, but before we finish this, fun fact, we have been protecting wetlands ever since like the 19, like 15, ever since like 1915, because we had a thing. Like America? Yeah, America and Canada. And that's because okay. um, geese and ducks, ducks specifically, um, have, find this as their habitat because it's perfect for having baby ducks. I love baby ducks. Why is and it good for baby ducks? Because it's safe for them. Because they're they're going to be safe there. Because they don't really have any predators there. You're not going to find these huge 
fish there that are going to just eat the baby ducks. You're you're pretty good there. So what about, and what about birds? I mean, often Do birds, birds eat baby ducks. Name a bird that eats a duck. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't freak I don't I'm a math guy. I don't do biology. So mathematically a bird could eat a duck because bird bigger than baby duck. It so on, I did I did think about that. It depends on the airspeed velocity Phil. of a duck laden swallow. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, we're not trying to cook a turducken here, my guy. I was just curious. For my 363 honors class Bible the Bible and popular culture. The first thing I want to talk about before my like big thing the one that i'm really proud of is the binding of isaac and it's 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 an rpg game it's randomly generated but i think the reason why i'm really talking about it is well isaac right and this isn't related to jesus but there is a lot of religious kind of stuff about it there's there's a lot they talk about angels um it it, it is it is of it, it is inspired by the biblical story of binding of Isaac. It's it, it, and it's, it's inspired by that. It's inspired by the biblical thing. However, yeah. it is a lot scarier and a lot more intense. And at some point, they bring in a blue baby, which signifies a baby that was aborted, and it makes me very sad. The first time I heard about this, I started crying. What? Not I... it, not the. It's just because death, baby, sad makes me sad. I'm female. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have a question. What <laughs> is, what is the biblical binding of Isaac? What's that story? Um, <clears throat> one second. I, I got this, it. Yeah, I, I can recount I, it I, too. Wait, yeah, no. Let's I was have just saying, like, for the listeners, for the listeners. No, let's have let's have the atheists do it. Max, tell me the tell me the story of the binding of Isaac, just for the irony. Tell me. So I think it was Abraham, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. good start. Good he was start. like he was the person that made the covenant with God, so he's like an important figure. Mm-hmm. And so okay. God, in order to test his faith, told uh-huh. him. Hey, you should bring your firstborn son Isaac up to the top of this mountain and sacrifice him to me. And so he did that. He brought Isaac up, and then right before he was about to sacrifice him, an angel came down and was like, "Whoa, bro! It's just a prank, bro. We got a camera there." <laughs> and it's actually just a test, and you passed. That's so true. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's the binding of Isaac. And then, and then he was like, "Nah." And then there was like, "Well, we got to kill something and sacrifice it." And then there's right and. Pretty much that game is about that, right? It's 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 exactly like that. The main character is Isaac, who is a child, and um, him and his mother live in a small house on a hill, both. Um, and his mother watches Christian broadcasts on television, and then Isaac's mother then hears a voice from above, st- st- um, stating her son was corrupted by sin and she needs and um and needs to be saved, and then asks her to remove all that was evil from Isaac in an attempt to save him. His mother obligates taking him, taking his toys and drawings and even even his clothes. And then once again, the the the, the voice spoke to Isaac's mother, stating that Isaac must be cut off from all the evil in the world. And so she locks him in a room. And then once again, he speak. Um, she speaks. Uh, the voice speaks to Isaac's mom. And then she must sacrifice her son. And she uh, she obligates. And so exact. It's very similar to that. However, there are big, many differences. Like. It's his her mom, not Abraham. It's in t- more like today's version, right? And it's almost like a laugh at Christianity, right? Like she was watching a TV, sh- a TV show, and that's when she heard it, right? I think I think it's interesting this idea of like having to like purify Isaac because I see a lot of like Jesus stuff there because like there's like the binding of Isaac and like Isaac with the sacrifice, but like 
with Jesus, right, the whole thing about Jesus is that he was a pure sacrifice, mm-hmm. right? And so it seems like Binding of Isaac is like mm. that attempt to make a pure sacrifice, right? Mm. This, the mother like tries to separate him from sin and whatnot, all that stuff. And there's like that attempt to make a pure sacrifice. But maybe like, I don't know, I haven't played the game, but maybe like, I don't know how it ends up, but maybe like it's impossible or like, I mean, I'm pretty sure you can die, but the whole thing is that you try not to die, and if you don't die, then it's like, yeah. So, Mm -hmm. there, there's many ways, and, like, it's... It almost seems like a a commentary on, like, Christianity in that... Yeah. Because Isaac Isaac is sort of trying not to die while the mother is trying to make him pure, and so, like, this sort of... I also want to say, like, toxic Christianity of, Actually, exactly, Phil. I have a little bit on that. Um, So... Throughout all of this, um, his shots are, um, his thoughts are shown, and um, all of these thoughts in his head talk about um, rejection about from his mother, um, then the humiliation about from his peers, and um, there are many situations of like he thinks about his own death, and so there's a lot of exactly exactly what you guys were saying. It is a commentary on today. It's less about the actual story about Binding of Isaac. It's more about the commentary on today's religion. But my number one thing that I wanted to bring up is Undertale. This is my Undertale. favorite game. It inspired me to game design. It is phenomenal. It is by Toby Fox. He is a genius. He is phenomenal. I am so, I, I'm so happy he made this game. <laughs> it's wonderful. And um, it's, it's, a very, it's, it's a very emotional game. Mm-hmm. And it's, it really tries to explain how, you know how RPGs, you always have to kill stuff. Well, in this RPG, you don't have to. You shouldn't. You should like the if you want. There's only there's only one ending that you can get where you don't kill anybody. Also, oh geez, spoiler alert. If you haven't played it, but um, there's only one ending where if you don't kill anybody and actually, I what's it called? Mercy. Yeah, you have to you have to press mercy, right? And it's this whole thing, like, as the main character, you can make the decision to press mercy. And first of all, that's totally right there, biblical things. Just saying. That's, mm-hmm. that's totally, mm-hmm. like, a little bit right there. Like, you can, like, the way to get to, like, the final ending where everyone's kind of happy and then, like, you try to beat a boss and this final boss is actually just one of the main character's sons who was just, like, really sad about his parents' divorce. Mm-hmm. And, like, all, and what you're doing is you're mercying him and you're just listening and you're taking his punches and you're 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 there and you're and you come back you die a few times even but you come back yeah. and you make sure you're there for him pretty much in that way because okay. you're consistently sacrificing yourself you're cons- consistently saying mercy i'm not going to fight you and um in a way i would say that's very much biblical uh, that, that you, you right there is almost jesus, a jesus basically. figure and yeah it's like a turn the other cheek thing yeah and like Jesus, like the whole thing is like I'm going to be there for you, and no matter how many times I die, no matter what, I'm there for you until you're heard. And so, um, right there, that's part of it. But the thing that I wanted to talk about even more is the the side main character. His name is Sands, and he lives in every universe. And a huge portion of this game is the fact that every single time you die, it's kind of a new reality, a new universe, kind of. And yes, that's kind of uh, Hinduism, right there. Boop. Right. Um, but with him, it's the same person because he remembers you 
from every lifetime that you had. So he really? knows who you are. He doesn't die. He can't die. Even when you are in like the mode of like killing him, like when you get to the to the ending where you can fight him, you can never hit him and you like you he doesn't die. I think that's one interesting thing. So I could easily relate that I think to Jesus or in a way God, even though he's not the creator. See, he's not the creator, right? But he's something in there that's kind of linked to the creator, i.e. Jesus. Right there. Is there like a Satan equivalent in Undertale? You have, um, so there's two versions of you, and if you go the correct way, you're, um, I don't remember the names of them, but that's the one who's tr- there for the, um, Flowey, right? He's there for the, for the other character who's in pain. But then if you go down the route where you're killing everybody, you're a whole other person, and you're almost, in a way, Satan to everyone, because everyone hates Interesting. you. Interesting. Because you're killing everyone, and everyone's like, what are you doing? These are all of our friends. And they Genocide actually, the characters... Run. Yeah, they get mad at you. They get really mad at you for all of this. So it's it's a very impactful game in that sense. Um, I guess like my final comments is pretty much what we've already talked about. Is just I think Undertale as a game itself kind of alludes to this whole good and evil, which can very easily be brought back to like Jesus and how your main character, if he does good, he is one of the heroes. But if he does bad, he kind of takes in and he becomes more like he becomes the bad guy. I feel like if you think about it, you can often find Jesus and Jesus kind of like sacrifices in many like places. There's definitely a game out there where you have to sacrifice yourself and that's how you win the game. Right? Do you think that it that's be it's so common because of Jesus or do you think it's just a common element because it's just like a sort of a common human experience, you know what I mean or like a yeah it's it, there's definitely a universal thing like uh the, the the way that buddhists do it like it's like self-sacrifice and all of that that they kind of developed that kind of without influence of the western world there was more influence later but there are texts that show they, they they did develop this idea but that's the thing isn't jesus supposed to be kind of the perfect human and the perfect human is kind of well he's sacrificing himself mm-hmm How's your guys' uh, Rocket League going? I'm Fantastic. I'm killing it. Max. I think we've lost like one game tonight. We've been pretty I good. have had a phenomenal night of Rocket League. Max has been playing out of his mind in some of these hey, games. I've been doing really good. I've been doing okay too. I've gotten MVP twice. And I have. I had a couple clutch overtime goals. I will have you know. Jess, do you want to hop on? Me? Yeah, you have Rocket League. I do. I'm really bad at it. <laughs> we could play 4v4. Yeah. I guess I'll just... You can hop on? Yeah. Yeah, it's not Rocket League and Ramble unless you Rocket League and Ramble. And so far, all Except you've done Jesse, is Ramble. Except for Jesse, Jesse started the podcast. <laughs> it was his idea. He's exempt. <laughs> Big thanks to our first ever real visitor, Jessica Dimitrova, for coming on the show. We, we, we very much enjoyed having you here. Oh, yay. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. Jess, what do you want the listeners to know? Yeah, Jess, bring it home. Finish us off. Say something important. Uh, tell, make John persuade me to be on the podcast more because I will be a less biased uh, uh, opinion since I am female and not as uh, arrogant as these guys are. <clears throat> wow. <laughs> Damn. Wow. Really <laughs> oh, right there. What, Mr. I, I can't ever work in group projects. Ugh. Ugh. 
the thing is, any attacks that she does is just always on me, anyways. No, so. that one was on Max too. No, that one's on no. Max. She's gone after. She's gone after all of us. It's all of you. It's, it's a little bit of all of you. I think le- the least amount of it's Jesse. I, I think that that's the one I'm like least attacking. Jesse, well, Jesse says the least controversial things because he's exactly. such a good person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I also show up less than everyone else. So true. There's less things well, for you to get backlash for. Not everyone else, though. Well, yeah, it is important to note. That the we the, can't have two freaking springboard guys <laughs> in hey, one thing. Hey, I can do, do what I want, sir. Let him do it. So <laughs> we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it, Phil. Fuck you. So yes, Jesse makes a fair point. Well, he has not shown up sometimes, and he comes late sometimes. Unfortunately, we have someone that attends this podcast even less than that. Even um, so I just think times. everybody, all of our ramblers listening, all uh, the ramblers, you should just, you should just be aware. That our fifth host, Springboard, Rambler Pride. Was, was unfortunately unable to join us tonight. And I think I speak on behalf of all of us here at Rocket League and Ramble, and maybe even our visitor, Jessica Dumitrova, <laughs> that we do sincerely hope that he will join us in the next episode. So please stick around. I'm trying to get him to come on the show. You never know when it's going to happen, so you got to listen to every episode. Thank yes, you for being true. Ramblers. We appreciate Thanks you. Thank you for being Ramblers. Oh my god. <laughs> that was phenomenal. That was my favorite one yet. I love so that beautiful. one. It was so beautiful. Okay. It's already need... sticking. The Rambler's title? Yep. I need some fucking sleep, my guys. Okay. Hi. All right. All right. Great to hear all of your voices. Peace Have people. a very happy birthday, everyone. Happy birthday, folks. Happy, happy birthday. birthday. What do you guys think about kink shaming? <laughs> Phil. <laughs>